05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And we have Daria Gutnik. She is currently in Portugal, staring out at the beach and the surfers in front of her. But uh, thank you for being here, Daria. Appreciate it. Yeah, super, super glad to be here, of course. And while I'm watching the surfers, of course, super glad to chat with all of you today and also working. I'm on a vacation here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, what a wonderful place to be. Hopefully you can get outside and join the surfers a little bit too while you're out there. But uh, Maybe a bit later. <laughs> do you surf, by the way? I do, actually. And I haven't surfed for a little while already, so I'm a bit scared. Yeah. Because... It's a bit cold, but there's so many people out there that I'm just going to like put a wet, um, a thick wetsuit on and, yeah. you know, just jump right into it. Is I don't know. Some I'll, I'll definitely be flat on surface. So let's see how I do. It's been yeah. A while. Is this some big it's waves? It's really good, actually. It's one yeah. of the best places in Portugal. Um, mid-size, I think. It looks <laughs> like it does look too scary. Okay. That's one thing I have let's not see. done yet. So someday I'll, I'll think I'll, I'll make that happen. But uh, anyway. It's so. a really good sport to like get to know your limits in a way and like no matter no matter like how you know when you've tried for the first time like whether you're like a kid or in your 20s or 30s or 40s it really puts you back on like wow you need to like be resilient persistent and let's just like deal with all the stuff that happens around you and like it trains a lot of flexibility and i don't know it just humbles i think it's a really good learning experience overall (laughs) I, yeah, I could, def- I could definitely sure. see it being a humbling sport for sure. Kind of like skiing, right? I don't know if you've ever skied, but that can be very humbling too. Just certain snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, snowboarding, I've, which I've yet to try. I've always just skied. So one of these days I got to put the snowboard on too. But enough about our hobbies, I guess, a little bit. I don't think people have tuned in too much for that. So let's kick this off. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? Like, What does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Right question. I think obviously leadership for me is 
has to do with stepping up and taking risks and taking responsibility and maybe also going out of your comfort zone and kind of fill in the gaps that you see without knowing really whether you can fill them and and kind of also jumping out of parachute and building, um, jumping out of a plane and building the parachute on the way. I think that's all my associations with leadership. And championship leadership is an interesting combination and play on words. I guess it's like excelling at that discomfort or like the uncomfortableness of learning and challenging yourself and being there for others and serving and supporting but like at a level that <laughs> can be yeah can help you kind of excel at it I guess that's kind of my rough association maybe it also has to do with the championing the leadership mindset that could also be another I like that. yeah I like it yeah it's always fun to hear the different ways that people kind of define that in their mind it's always been different so that's that's kind of the fun part of that I know when my friend, when I was trying to think of the name for the podcast, my friend, he recommended it. And at first I wasn't super excited about it. Like you said, the play on words, the, the ship, ship, championship, leadership, but I've grown to like it. Of course, now we're almost four years in on this thing. So, but yeah, it's always cool to, to hear how people slice up uh, championship leadership. How um, do you, uh, what do you understand? Yeah. You know, sometimes it. people call me out on that, like yourself here today and ask me what mine is. You know, I always say that I think championship leadership first and foremost is the ability to, to pull more out of others than they would on their own individually. I think that's a huge characteristic. It, you know, there's many of course. Right. But, and then also, you know, when things are going really well, it, it's deflecting the praise uh, on on yourself and, and kind of spreading that out to the people in the team or the organization that helped you to have those successes. I guess maybe kind of realizing that there's, you know, in the good times, there's, there's going to be plenty of uh, uh, praise and, and, and uh, attaboys to go around. And then, you know, when things aren't going the right way, it's, it's having that, that 100% responsibility and accountability to taking falling on the sword, you know, like you're, everything kind of starts and stops with the leader at top and not all leaders operate that way. And so I think championship leadership, that's, that's kind of how I explain championship leadership. What do you think? Passing grade? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> I think that the pulling more out of others is really something that resonates because it really is pulling sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also think like the, the part that I could relate to that I also tried to express in like kind of my associations is this part of like we, it's not something that's particularly not just because you have a manager title or you're in some other like explicit leadership position that it comes naturally. Like it's a choice you make on a daily basis. Every morning you get up and you kind of need to decide, are you going to try to be the better self or, you know, just swing by <laughs> sometimes yeah. you have days where it's really difficult but i think it's a very very uh intentional choice for everyone who does it it's an effort yeah absolutely yeah 100 why don't you tell us a little bit about daria and evidently and i learned something new today that daria used to be a tv show which i'm sure all the listeners are aware of and i, I was the only one that wasn't but uh but uh why Maybe don't you tell us <laughs> Why don't you tell me about you and kind of your path to where you've gotten today and what you're up to and your company bunch and uh, what you guys are up to? Yeah, super glad to do so. I am one of the co-founders and also um, a product CEO, as I call myself right now, um, at Bunch, which we founded four years ago together with my co-founders. And 
what we do at Bunch is basically helping new managers and professionals overall to get better at being human at work. So to become better leaders, better professionals, that's kind of the rough spin. How did I get to do this? I am a psychologist by training, but an entrepreneur uh, by heart, I think. I really like to change things in the world with action and service. Mostly grew up with an entrepreneurial mom who run a restaurant. Service was a really big, important part. Still benefit from that, I think. I'm trying to translate the wow experiences she was able to create on people's faces when they left into like a digital experience. Very challenging at times. And yeah, I have had a different parts of my career kind of trying to learn different skills. I think I've always worked to learn and to serve. So both of these are my motivators, I think. And yeah, this is my second startup. I did a consultancy also before. So built my own consulting business, which was the uh, starting point for Bunch's journey, basically. Worked with, was lucky enough to work with lots of really inspiring entrepreneurs as well, uh, which I'm sure you can relate to Mm -hmm. as a coach. Also worked as a leadership coach, worked with over a thousand founding teams actually in like accelerator programs and all sorts of stuff. And was really always focused on helping them to resolve this like seemingly unresolvable puzzle around people one way or another. Everyone seemed to struggle with the people part of the business. And that pretty much inspired me, I think, to try and find a better solution for helping professionals to learn at work because I observe that whatever we had in place, be it like long-form workshops or long-form books or coaching are only accessible to a like, very small segment of people at all times. And we actually are missing a large segment of new managers, future managers, and just generally professionals um, when it comes to management education. We decided to try and change that by creating a consumer first easy to download mobile app that teaches you how to be a better professional in two minutes a day quite well i would say yeah (laughs) you also asked where we are going right yeah it's going quite well but it definitely has its like huge ups and downs so it can talk hours about all the challenging moments we've had recently someone actually told me building a startup is a marathon building an ed tech startup is an ironman i think that's true (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Especially hard. I think it definitely is the most challenging things that I've done. Um, we are on our 2020 exciting. We're currently at 46,000 users for like really cool companies from TikTok over Calm, over Meta, but also traditional um, companies like Marriott Hotel Group and things like that. So really broad user base. And we are extremely excited because currently we have an individual user journey. So if you download the app, you start learning. It's your it's your learning experience. And uh, one of the cool things that we are planning to launch this year is actually to um, enable users to interact with each other and learn together. So that whole social aspect of learning at work okay. is going to be on the docket for us. So exciting awesome. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I can relate to the marathon versus Ironman. I've done both. And yeah, they're uh, an Ironman. Definitely. Life. You have done the Ironman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've run like 100 miles before, too. And so I've I've done some extreme ultra competitions. Yeah, kind of into that stuff. Very jealous. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's not all it's cracked up to be. I'll put it that way. But uh, it's fun when when you're done, I I guess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the last, is it the same for like really, really long 
uh, distances that like the last 10% are always like the worst for whatever reason? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if you can imagine like going a hundred miles in my mind, the first time I did it, I was like, cause you're kind of playing those games with yourself in your head, right? All right. I got yeah, yeah. 20 to go, 10 to go. I can't wait to get to 90 because then I'm pretty much done. Well, for me, it wasn't quite that way. I got to 90 and the last 10 were the worst. It was, it was just cause you're tired. Everything hurts. Uh, you just want to be done. And so those last 10 miles can feel kind of like the longest 10. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. you know, it's all depends on yeah. your mindset and how you're looking at it too. And how you're feeling so many variables, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely taken a lot of lessons from those experiences that have been able to help and, uh, me move forward in so all inspiring. Thank you for sharing. Actually. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I definitely want to do like a bit more, I think than what I, I just run half marathons so far. So it's great kind of playing with the thought of a marathon. Let's see, but definitely, yeah, definitely really inspiring to hear able to achieve. Very cool. What? Well, yeah. So you got a marathon on, on the list or what? I think so. I don't know. I didn't decide yet for this year. There's like lots of stuff happening with bunch and I want to kind of stay focused and not overstretch myself, of course, but I definitely want to run at least like um, two more half marathons this year and then maybe next year for a full one. Let's see. That's great. We talk a little bit about who are some of the championship leaders in your life and, you know, maybe what are some of the characteristics that really stand out about those individuals? Yeah. I think that in our user community, there's a lot of people that I really learned to admire and, and uh, really enjoyed getting to know too. And, and funny enough, I think it's not always the people with like the biggest title or with the most famous role. Like it's um, every time I see someone stepping up way out of their comfort zone, I think it's really, really like impactful to me because I'm, I would consider myself an underdog. I think like I, was good in school that I had going for me. However, my mom relocated from the Soviet Union to Germany when I was 10. I got like German education and um, was privileged, um, uh, luckily privileged to like have access to university education and things like that. But I definitely don't necessarily come from a background of, uh, I don't know, like um, family of entrepreneurs, whatever. My mom is a self-made person. And so every time I see someone kind of going beyond what they are today to what they want to become tomorrow. I think that inspires me the most. So a few examples, I think we had one user that started to learn with Bunch and also be part of the community. So one user that um, started to learn with Bunch a while ago and also became part of the community, kind of interacted with us in our Slack space, where we have over 2000 leaders now actually, struggled with uh, public speaking and was an engineering leader in a traditional organization and kind of didn't have a lot of opportunities to practice that before. And it was the time when Clubhouse came to be and we were experimenting with Clubhouse sessions, you know, like mm -hmm. um, just what startups do, channel experiments and things. Sure. And we kind of like brought on a group of our people from the user community to share their user, uh, their, their challenges, most challenging moments, learnings and so on. And we didn't actually know that he struggled with public speaking. He isn't, also isn't a native English speaker. And we just called him out on stage at one point and then he jumped on and talked for a while and was really eloquent. It was really great and was one of the most popular speakers. And after that, he got in touch with us and wrote this really lovely message around, oh, my God, I've never done this. I was so not prepared. I was not <laughs> planning to talk like 
Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I learned so much and really I'm surprised by my own capability of even doing that. And he got promoted not shortly after, not so long after. And I, I, he really kind of like got in touch with us repeatedly and reflected on like how it actually helped him to step out of his comfort zone and that we contributed to it and so on. So I think when these situations happen, when people grow outside of what they thought is possible in their own realm, that is always super inspiring. But to give you an example, maybe um, I also, my mom was definitely someone that I think I really admire for everything she has done. And um, not only for what she made possible for me, but also just like how she approaches business and life. But um, a role model, I think that um, I'm impressed by like more and more and more as we work together is definitely my co-founder as well, who uh, is much younger than me. You wouldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because he's like so far ahead in in his young age, actually, and it's his second business now. And I really, when I think about leadership, oftentimes think about him because of how he makes people feel and because how much confidence he instills in people and because how much like this feeling of everything is possible kind of like comes to life when you brainstorm with him and and work on on topics with him. So that's definitely also, I think, an example I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. I appreciate that. It's always fun to hear who has impacted us and, you know, and then kind of the different reasons why they've really left that impact. So what's, um, what's the vision for you guys, you bunch, I think championship leadership, it's the great, great leaders have incredible vision. Oftentimes one that others can't see or, or that others think is crazy. (laughs) Right. And yet, here, these championship leaders are willing to to believe and follow and have faith in that vision, and and uh, and so kind of what's what's the vision for you guys? Maybe near term, short term, next five years, and and you know what's the impact that you're really looking to make because of that? Yeah, I think our easiest way to describe what we're trying to achieve in the world, I think, is to enable anyone to make a dent in in the universe that wants to. So we are all about reducing friction when it comes to making a change, making an impact, because we really believe given the challenges that we currently face as humanity, we definitely can use every brain, every idea, every inspiration and every motivation. We can't really afford to lose any of that anymore. So we need to make sure that we create work environments and collaboration structures that empower that and don't hinder people and don't impediment this this process. Um, so that's, I think, what where Bunch was born out of. <clears throat> so democratization of knowledge is really, really a big thing for us, which is why we believe that one of the biggest blockers right now is actually, it's just inconvenient or expensive to learn. So these are the two things. So we tackle the inconvenience with the two minutes a day. And I think our vision is actually that we create a learning, an ecosystem for knowledge creators <laughs> that everyone can be. So you're creating knowledge by creating this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're creating knowledge when we actually um, create tips that are building on other people's ideas. Someone on TikTok creates knowledge because they're sharing their tips on career progression or uh, learning in general. So we really believe in this idea that you can, you will be able to learn anything you want with as little but consistent effort as two minutes a day. So the idea is that we kind of move away from these long form formats and we go into like very, very short form, bite-sized engaging type of experiences. And I really believe that that's the future of learning that we actually eventually will go away from this, like in order to learn, you really need to push yourself and it has to be hard. And 
Not to say that it shouldn't be hard. Intellectual friction is a really important part of learning, but it can still be convenient and can still be accessible and can still be more modular. So when you have less time available and less bandwidth, you should be able to make progress in small steps. And when you're trying to just establish a learning habit, for instance, when you're actually really captivated by a topic, you should, of course, be able to dive deep on it and also consume long-form format. So I think I, when I see in the future, I see that people will have much more flexibility, how to learn, who to learn from, and it will be easily accessible, no matter where the person is from, where they're at, or what topic you're learning about. And I think most of it is actually possible through human creativity and technology combined. So really excited about the future of learning in general. But I also think when you think about the future of work, there's a lot of excitement there because one of these um, versions of the pitch deck that we did actually for this current uh, funding round was kind of thinking about the transition of like historical function of work. Like we started out as work to kind of make life possible to secure food and home and all of these like basic type of needs, right? And then we moved more into with industrialization, more into like the space of nine to five, like, okay, work is possible, we need to do it. But at the same time, we also have to have like a personal life because work in an industrial sense, it's very streamlined, there's not a lot of space for learning for self expression. So now we moved into this like more modular type of thing, where of course, like, self-employment was big and is big, right? The gig economy. So you may have a nine to five job, but then you can have these other things and then you can make some money on Etsy or on TikTok or wherever yeah. you make it. And then I think what we're moving into is a full flexibilization of work and also dismantling of income from like the hours you are available and then push towards impact. So ideally, and I really believe this is possible in our future, we would be paid or share resources once we actually made a lot of impact and progress on a, like important topic and important can mean for your direct environment for your community for a larger group of people for maybe even a country or humanity right and i think that this idea of work being used to resolve problems and to create new opportunities and us sharing a bit of a cake based on that rather than showing up on 10 a.m and going home at 6 p.m no matter how much like difference you achieved I think that's probably something that is really, really exciting. And at the same time, the component of learning as well, so that people, when deciding for job opportunities, and I see this happening already with great resignation, people are really asking themselves, what do I want to learn? And picking a role based on that and a company based on that, rather than on any other incentives, like be it stock, be it cash. It, of course, plays a role, but it isn't the leading reason anymore. And I think that's so... I'm genuinely inspired to see that because I'm... I like an early millennial. And in my generation, that wasn't like this. When I had my, when I took my first job, people were going into consulting investment banking because it was safe. You made a lot of money. You can retire early, buy an apartment for your parents or whatever. <laughs> and then, I don't know, sail with a boat around the world or something like that. And when I talk to Gen Z, like people are at 20 right now, working with our team, for instance, they think very differently about work. Like work is all about meaning, learning, what you stand for. And the, I think the meaning of brands as well, brand your company has when you're a talent becomes also very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it's exciting, right? To think about all that. So what is, like, think about kind of, I guess I'll call it the fork in the road moment, right? I think we all have had many of these, some more significant than others. Sometimes we're in one and we don't even realize it, right? Um, until later. 
but what's like a critical moment for you, kind of that fork in the road where trying to make a decision, obviously you have chosen the way you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not could be potentially in a very different place. We're in a interesting times in our life right now with everything going on over the last few years with the pandemic. And so that's, that's brought up a lot of fork in the road moments for many people and there's power in hearing other people's stories and how they chose in those moments. So uh, would be interested to hear, do you have a moment or two that, that come to mind as I ask that question? I have two very clear ones. First, when I, before actually starting my first um, startup, City Buddies, I was in a PhD program in the Netherlands, uh, researching the intersection of leadership and creative performance under pressure, which led me to the entrepreneurship space, of course, very quickly. And when I was in my third year, like in the second half of my third year, which is the final, not third year, fourth year, sorry, three and a half years into it. So it's kind of the final year, more or less, you can extend it maybe six months or whatever, but I already had published, I'd collected all the data, taught and uh, helped uh, graduate like many students at this point and so on. And I had decided to walk away. I walked away from the title and from my work that I was three and a half years into to start a startup. And it was one of the most difficult decisions in my life. I couldn't actually even make it. I paused it for what? two years. I paused the PhD oh, you paused and it, I yeah. never returned. And at one point okay. I had to make a decision and call it off, of course. But I paused the PhD program because I yeah. couldn't really follow through. And the reason it was so difficult for me, and I still think it was absolutely the right decision, was because... Bunch is all about democratizing um, knowledge and, and, and education. And of course, being an academic is really contributing to that mission too, right? Like I was really curious about what helps some people to be performant under pressure? What prevents them from doing that? How can we influence that? Because this is super actionable knowledge. If we understand that, we can give this into the hands of managers, organizations. We can help people to move forward faster, to be better at work, to resolve conflicts faster, et cetera. So super cared about the topic super cared about my research. And I just really, at one point after three years, realized that this is not the most efficient and effective way to change things anymore. Like we broke academia (laughs) to a degree that is not like a good way of actually making change in the world. It's separate conversation, but I think there is many, many issues in the academic world and the research world. And I just decided I, I can't, I have limited lifetime and I want to see change happening. I need to move faster. I need to get out and somehow make it happen on my own, team up with others and look for the solutions and the change I want to see somewhere else because it needs to happen faster. And little did I know we have so much change faster now, (laughs) amongst other things due to uh, COVID, of course, and and other developments. But that was definitely a decisive moment because in another reality, I could have been a professor at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect example. I love it. The second second moment, actually, which may be even more interesting because that was recent, was... When we started Bunch, we started as a B2B company. Right now, we are more like B2C to B, I would say. So currently very much focused on the consumer, picking the consumer up where they are at, serving you as a user first, and then being able to provide value to your employer second. In the beginning, we had it set up as a really regular business, as in um, B2B selling to like HR and executives and all of that. We built and launched a product. We had started to build revenue MRR with I think 10 or 15,000 MRR at that point. And we decided to walk away. 
again. <laughs> and the reason for this was, um, this was 2019, there were multiple things happening together, right? But like, we started to see talking to our, not only our buyers, but our users of the platform. At this point, Bunch was a team success platform. So it kind of had the buyer persona and, and features and it had like the team member persona and features and so on. And we've been hearing feedback from team members that were getting more and more frustrated about the fact that there's all these tools from CultureAmp to um, Pecon to other engagement platforms and so on who all claim to make things better at work for people. None of them really does because all they're focusing on is to <laughs> yeah. deliver data insights to executives, which may or may not act upon it. And it doesn't actually solve the broken system in a way. And we've been hearing this over and over again. And at one point it really resonated with me and Anthony both who are both really impact driven and really asked ourselves, if we can't make a difference on the ground for the person at work, it's going to be a fake business case. Like we may deliver some insights to executives and they may be helpful. And we, of course, will make revenue. We are already making it. But like we can't go to sleep <laughs> or wake up with the same motivation over the years if we don't really actually create change on the ground, knowing that this is so much harder to do and knowing that telling our investors about the fact that we are going to change business model and we're going to move away from the really lucrative <laughs> B2B model for a little bit until we build a true consumer magnet when it comes to the product and product experience that really convinces not only thousands of users, but millions of users. Only then can we go back and actually think what is the value that we're making to organizations and then start also leveraging that, of course. So I think that transition period that took us solid two years to do and also to finance without revenue going from actually having revenue was a really tough period. And I would do it all over again, but it definitely was one of these decisive, faithful moments, I think, that kind of coined story of the company in our lives, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, well, wow. I was going to ask that. I would, yeah, you'd mentioned that Bunch was a little bit more for, you know, you named some some rather large, recognizable companies, right? But uh, if this was for an individual user or not, so. It is, it is. So the yeah. whole growth idea is actually that we focus on you as an end user. And if you get value out of this, you would recommend it to others. And that so that was like better. our whole corridor of thinking for like one and a half years. And it has paid off. We have high virality. We're increasing it right now as well. So we're still planning to serve companies in the future, of course, because we already see the nests inside of companies, right? Like we have the TikTok nest and the calm nest and the teal nest and the meta yeah. nest and so on. And like they grow as well. So there's a lot of opportunity, of course, to also deliver value add to the businesses, but it was really important to us that we grow bottom up and we serve the underserved middle class in the organization. Nobody really cares about like there is the engineers and the talent that is so like hard to get by, which is why everyone is focusing on it now. There's executives that get like executive coaching. And then that middle layer is still really yeah. like left with books and workshops that like right. don't work for them. And so yeah, yeah. we really zoomed into that yeah. and said, we have to convince them. If we convince them, we can charge for it. If we create value for them and they actually improve things for their teams, we're adding value to the organization, building a business model on top of it. So is that just an app on the phone that people can download or yeah? Exactly. Currently, yes. Currently, it's an iOS. We are building the Android version this year and launching it as well. And we're also launching a premium plan this year. So, so far, we actually work pre revenue and really focused on the free version. And uh, yeah, in the middle of this year, um, 
towards Q3, I think we'll be launching the premium plan and yeah, super excited about that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I sure appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah. What, what are a few ways? It sounds like, you know, if you wanted to check this out, we could download it to our, our phone for sure. But what are some other ways we could maybe follow you and in, in, in the company and, and uh, stay up to date on what you're up to? Absolutely. Uh, super easy to get access uh, and your fingers on Bunch. Just go to the Apple App Store um, and uh, research or search for Bunch Leadership or Bunch Coach will be the first hit uh, and it's free to download. I would love to get in touch and hear from anyone and everyone who's interested in talking and all things leadership, management, learning, etc. Um, I am reachable on Twitter at Daria Gutnick, super simple, or LinkedIn is also a good way to get in touch. Also Daria Gutnick and uh, set both places for Bunch as well. Bunch HQ on Twitter and Bunch on LinkedIn. Good places to start. Awesome. Wonderful. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Daria, for, for taking some time. I know you're on a little vacation slash getting some work done and hopefully get out and hit the waves a little bit too. So I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. We're cool to be part of it. And yeah, I'll check out those waves now, I think. I'll let you know. Yeah. All right. Have a good day. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home, I missed my life, missed my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I Invested in myself, I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want I said it then I meant it, I probably already did Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, championship leadership podcast. Championship leadership podcast. With Nate Bailey.